you don't often see a fine quote unquote guy with a girl that maybe isn't as quote unquote as fine as him. But what you do see are guys who, you know, don't even really groom themselves. And yet their standard of a woman is a Victoria's Secret model. And I'm like, dude, you don't even brush your teeth. guys it's kate and jj and we're fired up today fired up oh you're going there this topic i we have been talking about it this whole week and i am i'm going off on this podcast dude no warm-up no like <laughs> conversation you're just no i mean we're not going straight in i'm just letting them know this is a big topic well let's be more honest okay you're pissed <laughs> I'm a little mad. Kate is not happy. I'm not happy. You're not happy either. I'm not, dude. I'm not happy either. We're not happy. But with each other, we are. But about this topic and something we recently heard, we're not happy. Um, so buckle up, roll up your sleeves. We're talking about what if I'm not physically attracted to them today in our red flag series. That's going to be a good one. We're going hard today. So oh, buckle up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's whoa. go. Whoa. All right, guys. Before we get in, a few announcements. Patreon. We got some bonus episodes. If you want access to HODC 2023 content. If you want a discount to HODC Nash. If you want to hang out with us every single month on Patreon. Because we're in there all the time. And you want to just support this podcast. Please consider doing that. Going to patreon.com forward slash heart of dating we're at 85 now we're growing listen week by week we're gonna be building 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 we love our patrons thank you guys so much yes thank you guys so much another update hodc early bird tickets are live they're on sale so hodcnash.com i've seen people in the facebook group like hey y'all want to do like a singles getaway around christmas or new year's and everyone's like that's yes. literally what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're doing at conference. So yeah. Nashville on New Year's Eve, you guys stay an extra night. That's going to be super fun. I've already seen a bunch of people booking Airbnbs and or hotels. at our hotel. We have exactly. a hotel block for everyone. Hey, the tickets will sell out. Okay. They will. I just, they did last year. They will again. Get your ticket early. Get it ideally an early bird. We're so pumped about it. All right, guys, before we dive in, we have a question from our patron, Ayana, and I love it. So let's hear the question. Hey, Kate and JJ. Thank you so much for everything that you do for the Heart of Dating community. So my question is, what do you do in a relationship when you have a certain level of relationship anxiety that you bring from your own trauma? And when is it clearly the relationship that is causing that anxiety to be increased? Like, what is the difference in understanding and identifying that? 
um, because I have just encountered situations where it just makes me nervous that I'll push away the right guy because of my own anxiety. However, you know, I'm thankful for the Lord's wisdom and counseling and all that stuff to process when that comes up. But I think that there's just an element that leaves me a little bit unsure of what does it actually look like to say, okay, this relationship is causing me anxiety or, okay, it's my trauma being flared that's causing me anxiety. And then how do you, you know, you properly walk that out in the relationship and, you know, ultimately in the end of it too, just expressing your needs, etc. All right, Ayana, this is a great question. And uh, I think you're also asking because you probably know that I went through this even dating JJ before we got engaged, I almost broke up with him and I was struggling with anxiety and I struggle with anxious attachment style. If you know anything about attachment theory. And so I will first say, unfortunately, there's no hard fast. This means this, and this means this, uh, the process of figuring out when it is your trauma anxiety or when this is not a safe relationship with you comes with learning how to trust yourself truly healing through past trauma and literally learning how to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, Those things all together help you determine, is this me or is this not safe for me because it's something Mm. to do with this person. And so here's some ways, I, I mean, with JJ, I, I didn't know for sure. Right. And so I was like, okay, what's going on here? And I, I raised the things that were bringing me anxiety and they were valid things. They were valid things in our relationship that were bringing me anxiety. And what I did with that is I checked in with my body. Is this more coming from my trauma or is this more coming from JJ is not necessarily the right person for me. He's not a safe person for me. When I really checked in with that, I noticed some of it was me, but some of it was truly valid things in our relationship. And so what I did from that point is then I took it to counsel. I prayed about it. And ultimately what the Lord revealed to me is that the things that were bringing me anxiety about JJ, they were things to do with him, you know, being a like type B and more distracted and less organized than I was. And I had fears around that. And those things I had to ultimately say to myself, they may not change, but the Lord revealed to me that the ways he is different from me actually are things that I need to help refine me and challenge me. And so I, I, it's just, it's really, really hard in this process of discernment when you have anxiety, but that's why you need a system of other people and wise counsel. That's why you should consistently be getting healing and going to see your therapist. And that's why you should also be building a relationship with the Holy Spirit of knowing when the Holy Spirit is clearly speaking to you versus just trying to rely on when is the Holy Spirit speaking to me in a moment of anxiety. So I hope that helps you a bit. All right, let's get into this crazy episode. Are you ready? Let's do it. Man. I don't know if I'm really ready for this. I don't know if you guys are ready for this, to be honest. (laughs) Because we want to speak out of a place of grace and kindness, but we're going to go and we're going to use a transcript because we don't personally know the speaker of this content 
uh, that we're going to read for you guys. Uh, we actually are huge proponents of if you have an issue with someone or a speaker or an author, first approach them one-on-one, see how it goes, then approach mm-hmm. them privately in a group. And then I think you escalate to a public forum. Right. Where you can use their name. Right. And we don't personally know this person. We haven't addressed this to this person. So we're not going to call them out um, here on the podcast. But um, for context, we were going to cover this episode, even if we didn't see this other content that we just recently saw, uh, because this was part of our red flag series. We already had it planned, ironically. But then just a few weeks ago, I got a reel that kept getting sent to me on Instagram over and over and over. And people were like, Kate, I love this. Kate, I love this. This is amazing. And I just did not respond to these DMs because after (laughs) I watched the video, I was like, no, this is not it, fam. This is not it. And so I just was like, well, I'm going to talk about it in that episode because we're going there anyway. Right. But we're going to talk about why I'm not, what if I'm not physically attracted to them? And you know, there is this fear, even when we say that there is this fear that goes around that people are going to have to settle with somebody that at the end of the day, they're not physically attracted to. Like there's a lot of people out there that are like, I'm just going to have to marry someone I'm not physically attracted to. And one thing I want to say before we dive deep on this is JJ and I are not proponents of telling you, you should marry someone that on your wedding day, you do not want to kiss at all. You should not marry someone that if you've gotten to know them and the attraction has not built up, if you still do not want to kiss them or the idea of making out with them grosses you out, you should not keep getting married to them. Okay. We are not here to say, oh yeah, just marry someone who has great character. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter if you're not attracted to them physically, because it's not about that. I would say, yes, physical attraction is important, but I think the way we prioritize it is very wrong. And I also think that attraction, physical attraction can grow. And I am the case study for this because that happened in our relationship. And so we are not here saying that you are going to end up with somebody that you never want to kiss in your life. Okay. That is not our hope and our goal for you. Well, you can think about it. I like to use the idea of a pendulum and a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is people hear a message about attraction and saying, you know, it's not that important. Like look at their character. And for them, it feels like the pendulum swings to, oh gosh, I'm going to end up with someone who I'm not attracted to physically. Right. And I don't even want to have sex with Right. Exactly. That is like a nightmare. And Mm -hmm. it's a fear, by the way, it's a fear. Okay. And then we hear a message like we're going to talk about today, which is the pendulum has swung the other way saying, God is not a God who's not going to give me what I want and put me with someone who I'm not attracted to. God knows that I want a fine girl. I want a fine husband who I can just paw and jump on and claw and And I'm just going to be voracious and "Mm." admire like the pendulum definitely swings the other way. And then we have people in the comments saying, amen. Yeah. God is good like that. God cares. And I'm like, wow, God's going to give me what I want. He knows what turns me on. Like, Why isn't there a middle ground? Right. That's my question today. Why is there not a middle ground between you can only and should only marry the finest of the fine to you're going to, you know what, you're going to have to settle and marry somebody that the idea of them kissing them makes you want to throw up. Right. 
where is the middle ground? I think that we just like to swing to those two extremes and neither one are healthy. (laughs) Yeah, neither is great at all, especially for choosing a spouse. Right. So the reality is that you want to talk about the transcript, like specific statements and verbiage that we heard. So in this reel, and this reel comes from an episode that, you know, is a podcast episode and this person is sitting down with another pair of people and they're having a conversation. And the reel that was sent to me was, can we talk about types? It's so funny because you all have heard me talk about types. We've done a ton of episodes on this. You've probably heard me talk about Date the Unexpected. I was not initially physically attracted to JJ, who is not my quote unquote type. And so whenever I hear somebody, especially pastor, talk about types, I'm like, my ears are like, "Hmm? (laughs) what are they saying? Mm. And so it starts by talking about types. And it's like, can we talk about how so many Christians are scared that they're going to end up with somebody ugly, basically. And, you know, then it's biblically they go into like, you know, um, like, who is it? Rachel was super fine. And. Right. Well, Rachel was so fine that not only did he work seven years for Rachel, but he got Leah. She wasn't good. She was ugly. So he worked another seven years because Rachel was so fine. Yes. He wanted her. Right. Exactly. And they're all like hooting and hollering. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I I get confused between just the real clip and what the clip on the podcast was that I listened to because there was so much more even in the podcast that really made me upset. But Um, It was basically like, hey, you need to be you need to have that spark, a physical connection. That spark has to be there. Y'all know. Maybe you don't. I don't like the word spark. I think that is just we get we right. It's the Disney word like spark. Let's have that spark. Okay. the thing I think that offended me the most and there was a lot that personally offended me, but also I just think is bad to be sharing as a leader But this was not in the reel. This was in the podcast episode and this was said. Okay. It's easier to get a fine girl saved than an ugly saved girl fine. Whoa. Whoa. Did y'all hear that? And they're literally clapping like, yeah, yeah, that's so right. And I'm like, I'm literally on the other end being like, yuck. Is that what we're saying as leaders? Is that literally what we're going to emphasize right now? <sighs> Babe, do you want to say anything? Because I'm, I'm upset. I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat. I mean, I just... Like, could you imagine Jesus and the disciples sitting around a campfire and that remotely coming out of the words about people made in his image? Yeah. And talking about his creation and even even using the words like fine or ugly to describe people mm-hmm. right i just i like it's not even on my compass like i just think as believers if you've never studied what made in god's image means and the value and weight it holds like as christians we should be the leaders of i do not care what this person looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like you see more of their inherent value regardless of how they look yeah. than any person on earth Yeah. because of what you know about the Bible and what God has said about you and me and everyone he's ever created. Mm-hmm. 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 
So I would just say, like, it's heartbreaking to hear yeah. an, an adage like that. And you know what? Every person here, probably listening, has gone through some struggle with body image. Maybe it's really severe. Maybe it wasn't. And I know for the majority of women, women struggle with body image hardcore. And I struggled with it hardcore. There were times in my life I truly thought I was ugly. Okay. And I literally looked in the mirror and I thought I was disgusting and gross and never going to look like this other girl. So if I heard something like that from a pastor or a leader, I'd be like, wow, I'm the ugly girl (laughs) and no guys are really going to want me because I'm not fine enough. I'm not a Victoria's Secret model. I have... I don't have a perfect butt. I have cellulite. <laughs> I am have curves like, or maybe you feel skinny and you're like, I don't have enough curves, right? If I had heard this, I'd be, and I felt ugly personally, like I felt and I struggled with body image. I would be like, I would feel hopeless. Like there's nobody going to be out there for me because I, I don't look like those model type girls that are nine, 10, 11. I'm not one of the Kardashians. Okay. And this is where like, it's so bad because there are many people that struggle with what they look like. And I don't know. And I'm not here to say whether they are objectively beautiful or not. Like that is not, that is very subjective based on every different person. But there are many people who don't feel that beautiful. And this kind of message is saying to them, you're never going to find someone that really loves you because you're not fine enough. Yeah. And if you actually think about it, I was thinking as you're talking, like you would never hear something like it's easier to get a fine man saved than an ugly man. Right. Fine. I Exactly. Ugly. Like it, it So is, the whole mm-hmm. entire adage in itself at its core for me is just super like boys locker room. Mm-hmm. like immature and totally like gross in the sense of how just dehumanizing it is like it is so 100%. sexually objectifying to a, a female made in god's image and so that's where i'm like and can i say something sure i i i just have to say that this is where it also i feel like and i i want to speak on behalf for my ladies because i think this is especially a struggle for ladies these comments this kind of a clip this especially said from a leader that is male and why it's so problematic is because you don't see it often that way. You don't often see a fine quote unquote guy with a girl that maybe isn't as quote unquote as fine as him. Now I'm not here to judge that on like that's subjective to each person, but what you do see are guys who, you know, don't even really groom themselves And yet their standard of a woman is a Victoria's Secret model. And I'm like, dude, you don't even brush your teeth. And you are wanting Kim Kardashian style girl that happens to love the Bible. And you actually do see some of those guys end up with girls like that. But you rarely see it happen the opposite way. And that's why it gets me that extra PO'd that this was coming from a man. Right. Two men mainly. Because I'm like, okay, this is like horrible. (laughs) It's so horrible. I mean, especially for women, but also for men. And you can speak to why it's so horrible to perpetuate that idea to men. Oh, I just listen. I think it's a poison pill for men. Like, I think it's we already naturally have a naturally hard time, uh, you know, 
growing to a point where we say, you know what? Physical attraction is not king. It's actually not the most important thing I'm looking for my spouse. Like for a man to grow into a man and be able to say that takes a lot. So I feel like it's taking 10 steps backwards for a guy and to teach from any kind of platform to say, you know, you want them to be fine, fine, fine. Like you want to be all over them. Mm. Like they should, you know, when you see them for the first time, you should be turned on like, like a light bulb, like right? Like help barking and woofing take. at them. Like that's the last thing oh a guy gosh. needs to hear yeah. when he is looking for a spouse. Because it also continues to perpetuate that whole thing, which we talked about on the last season, the sex season, that men are more visually wired than women and that men can't control themselves. Yeah. Which and, it go listen to the, right, where we covered that. Physiologically, like men are more visually wired than women. Like this is a proven fact. Scientifically, like neurologically, we are more visually wired. It takes a lot less visually for men to be turned on than it does a woman. But that does not mean, even though it might be initially incredibly strong for us men, it doesn't mean it should be the top bucket of attraction for us as men, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have to work against our flesh and nature to say, this is important to me, especially naturally, but I know because of wisdom, I know because I listen to people who are wiser than me, more mature than me, that when they say, listen, character, spiritual character is more important than physical looks, I listen. And more importantly, I don't have to just listen to people in my life. I can read the truth of God's word, which remains more supreme than anyone's lecture or opinion around me in my day. Mm-hmm. And that's that's for me the big thing, right? Like, hey, thank you everyone for your opinions. I'm gonna go ahead and just go to the Bible and consult the Bible. Hey, if I was to build a list about what's important and my godly spouse, my godly partner, what would the Bible say? Right. Right. And the Bible is more clear than any pastor, Mm -hmm. than any podcast about what is important. And that's the truth of God's word. This is literally God's letter to you and me saying, this is like God of the universe who created you, informed you. I think I'm going to take it from him on what I should look for. Okay. Proverbs 31:30. Godliness is superior to beauty or a handsome face. Not only do they go, you know, off the bat to tell us what is the most important, which is godliness, they go out of their way to say and to clarify it's definitely not beauty or a handsome face. Proverbs 17:19 tells us to shy away from those who quarrel, right? Someone who loves to fight, who conflict follows. Proverbs 12 18, avoid those with sharp tongues, critical people. Okay. This is as I'm building my list. Okay. I'm formulating it. Proverbs 31, all of Proverbs 31, which you'll talk about even more. It directs us towards what a virtuous spouse for their price is far above any rubies or jewels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Character, character, character. First Timothy 412, look for a growing godly character. First John 3, 17 through 18, look for a charitable heart, kindness. Absolutely. I'm like mind blowing. Dude, you know what it is too, is if you get married under this pretense that you have to have a physical spark, 
and that's the thing driving you. Who's to say if that's the thing driving you that when you get married, even if you get married to someone fine, quote unquote, that you're not going to meet someone else who's fine and have a physical spark with them and then be questioning, should I be with this person? Because now I have a physical spark with this person. Like it's such a bad and it's a, such a bad thing when this person said, like, you need to have a physical spark to even draw you in. I'm like, what? That should not be what draws you in. Right. You should have a physical connection. Absolutely. Do not get married if you have zero or very little physical connection. But that is a horrible thing to draw you in and make you want to be with somebody. Yeah. You talk about a foundation to mm-hmm. build a relationship, like building a house. And we talk about Christ as the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking in sand. If you want to find that sinking sand, build your relationship on physical attraction. Yep. And that is your sinking sand. Because when you marry someone, you're marrying a best friend. You're not marrying a sexual object. Mm-hmm. And to reduce them to a sexual object in any kind of capacity, not only are I, I believe that's actually sinning, mm-hmm. right? Because you are reducing a human being to an object, right? But two, that is the worst foundation you could ever build a marriage on. Agreed. And we'll talk about the two different types of love, but you know, to clarify biblically, like when, when Adam first saw his wife, he didn't, he didn't go woof. <laughs> like his inner dog didn't come out and say, Ooh, she's so fine. She is so fun. I'm about to, I'm about to tap that and start producing, you know, babies, right? Like that's the fruit that God is talking about to go, you know, be fruitful, multiply, like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. He said, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. What an odd thing to say. (laughs) Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's not saying, is there a spark here? There's a spark, God. There's a spark. He's not saying, do he's I? He's not like, gosh, she's ugly. Like, right. why'd he's you not send me saying, this person? like, do I love this woman? He says, bone on my bone, flesh on my flesh. And he's saying, oh my goodness, I am you and you are me. And in your presence, I'm reminded of who I am. Mm-hmm. I am reminded of who I am. And that is relationship. You are reminding each other of who you are. And Tim Keller likes to put it this way. Marriage is friendship on fire, mm-hmm. which I also love to just compare Tim Keller, the great, probably the greatest teacher of our time. When he talks about marriage, compare that to what we've just previously talked about yeah. from another platform or teacher and just compare the two, right? And how they talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I know who I want to listen to, but he says marriage is friendship on fire. And it's a deep oneness that comes from a mutual journey. He talks about two types of love. And this is really important as Christians, yeah, right? Because we see one all the time. It's Eros. There's Eros love and there's Philos love. Eros love and Philos love. And the easy way to remember the Eros is there's a very popular word that comes from it erotic Mm -hmm. erotica eros love is a erotic romantic type of love from two people and if you want like an image of it a picture of it it is eros love is two people looking at each other like fully infatuated enthralled right it's a romantic erotic love stemming from you two looking at each other Mm -hmm. does that sound familiar Mm -hmm. philos love is two people standing side by side looking at something else that they have in common. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a picture. Wow. 
I what a picture. Two people standing side by side looking at something else. Yeah. That they have deeply in common. Mm-hmm. And if we're looking for a philos, which I would say that picture right there is partnership. That picture right there is kingdom love that's on a mission with a common goal. Why are we starting at Eros? As Christians who are looking for a philos love, why are we starting with an erotic love? Now, you're not saying erotic love down the line isn't important. It's just right. not the starting point. Yes. And that's what people miss. You see, biblically, philos is the first stage. Yes. It's that foundation. And guess what? The best news for anyone who wants to get married is, especially between opposite genders, eros love grows from the brotherly deep oneness and friendship yes and that is so important that's why if you've experienced this phenomena where you've been a man especially for men but this happens with women equally you are in a community group there is a woman there is a man who initially did not catch your eye physically physically but yet a month goes by you develop friendship six months goes by A year goes by and you observe, 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 and you build a friendship. You finally start feeling a romantic attraction. Yes. And you look at your friend and you say, I can't explain this, but that girl who I was not initially attracted to, who I wrote off based on her face and how she looks, I can't explain it, but I've just seen her character. I've seen the way that she pursues and loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. I've seen the way that she's just so selfless and caring. I know she might not be the most beautiful one in the room, but she is beautiful to me. Absolutely. And she's deeply beautiful. Like I am romantically attracted to her and turned on. Yeah. I love that he also said, you told me this um, through one of his sermons, that he married a couple. And he said he was so upset because the, the best man for the guy was a woman. And he was like, it made me so upset. Not that there was a woman on the groom side, (laughs) not that he had a woman that was a friend that he wasn't marrying that woman who was his best friend. Say that last part again. Yeah. He wasn't marrying this woman that was his best friend. Instead, he was marrying this other woman, mainly because of physicality and physical interest and sexual interest. And he was like, he's missing it entirely it's why like if you have a best friend of the opposite gender or a good friend of the opposite gender that is the perfect candidate to pursue romantically yeah and you need to get over yourself (laughs) by thinking they're not a 10 out of 10 dude chill yeah like you have it backwards (laughs) right well he also in that same sermon goes i have a bone to pick with singles because you guys will walk into a room there's 20 singles of the opposite sex and off the bat you are writing off 17 out of 20 yeah based off looks and gambling that those three could be a great fit for you and he goes the reality is that there was probably someone in that 17 who would have been best friend material Mm -hmm. best friend material and for you that is marriage material best Mm -hmm. friend material equals marriage material yeah All right, guys, so I know it's difficult to challenge yourself when it comes to physical attraction. But if we're going to start looking at things other than just the physical, we have to start looking at 
their values and other things that are really important to us outside of just that instant spark of physicality. So I actually today want to recommend a Christian dating app named Salt. Salt gives you an amazing snapshot of who someone is to make sure that you're meeting people who share your values and who is working toward being the person that God has made them to be. You have to answer very specific questions about your faith when you join the Salt app and you fill out all the different things on there, which allows you to match people based on some of your shared values. So some things that are really important to me when I'm not just dating my physical type are ambition, goals. Um, are they trustworthy? Are they growth minded? Are they emotionally mature? So these are really important things that I looked for when I was dating someone. And those kinds of things are what you can see highlighted on the Salt app. I also wanna tell you about this amazing new community feature that they have. It's an audio community feature that has been live for a few months. And in fact, JJ and I have actually been on there now twice. It's called The Table. On The Table, you can listen and discuss with other singles about various topics from faith and dating to business, Marvel films, all sorts of things. We talked about types of attraction. And then we also talked about preparing for sex as a single in our second table conversation. So that's another free and fun way to meet people. The best part of all of this is that we have negotiated a unique code with SALT to get you guys three months of free premium. All you have to do is search the app or play store for SALT Christian Dating. And once you set up an account, you can use the code HOD for three months of free premium. This is only in the US and Canada and only available for those who have never tried premium before. So what are you waiting for? Give Salt a try and use the code HOD for three months of free premium. Yay! I just want to go into like how, where's the line with challenging ourselves with attraction? And I want to tell you guys a little bit of recap of my story. Some of you know it, but you know, when JJ and I met, he had blue hair. He had weird ish style skater punk style and for anyone who doesn't know I used to work in fashion and style was something I really valued I also really value hygiene and grooming and smelling good and you know JJ just didn't have all of those things to be honest and we met in real life after a month of dating long distance and he was objectively speaking an attractive person, but subjectively to me, I did not find him that physically attractive, mainly because of his style and some of his hygiene. Not that he smelled bad, but like, you know, just the way he ate and like licked his fingers and just different things. Okay. It grossed me out. And now I will tell you if there probably would have been a line if JJ smelled like awful rotten BO and had the worst breath that I've ever smelled in my life. I don't think it would have gone any further. That'd be tough. But you're saying like, and so I'm not, I, I want people to know that because right. there is a line. But what you're course. saying is subjectively, you were not attracted to me physically mm -hmm. and you were actually even grossed out by me to a degree, to a degree when we first met and went on first dates. Yes. And there were moments, though, I would have connection and emotionally I would feel great. And I'm like kind of flirting with him and I'm finding myself like, oh, I'm drawn to him. 
in other ways, because let's not forget attraction has many different capacities, not just physical. And I found that those areas were developing and there was connection there. But then when he left, I was like so hung up on the physical. And I was like, I don't know. Because I was not your type. I was in not any in kind my, of capacity. My physical type, especially. Like you would not have looked at me and been like, and let's say lifestyle type. He like is you, so fine and handsome. You loved football and I didn't like football. <laughs> but but to clarify, yeah, you absolutely would not have walked away from like our first date or the first time you saw me and been like, he is so fine. Absolutely. He is so handsome. No, you I would wouldn't. not have said no. that. You guys, in fact, I went and stalked his Instagram, which had lots of different looks and I found one photo where I thought that he had normal looking hair and looked more normal, not blue, not a crazy beard, not a cornrows, not a jet black mustache, not bright blonde, like where it was normal and he was at a wedding and I was like, oh, okay. He does look a bit normal here. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have ever seen the show What Not to Wear, but like Sometimes we just have to get past these initial ways of people looking. I'll tell you, it's so interesting to me because I go to Europe and I see so many people who just dress well and have good hygiene, but like... Except the French, yeah. Yeah, mainly. But they objectively maybe aren't the most attractive people in the room, but because they dress well and they lead with confidence and they smell nice, like they look subjectively, at least to me, more attractive. Okay, well, that feeds and into type. Right. That is right. But right. okay. But here's the thing. Like we need to stop eliminating people because like, oh my gosh, like on paper, they're not what I would like to see yes. originally. Guys who are attracted to women. Sometimes when she's not done up, she looks totally different. Let me just tell you, she looks different. If she has a baby, she's going to look different. When she's sick, she's going to look different. I don't know. We just have... Just because, oh man, oh, just because she's a type zero, size zero right now and all, you only date size zeros doesn't mean she's going to stay a size zero forever. And that's just such a horrible thing to base it on. I had a friend who a guy told him her like, you're a great girl, but you know, I'm not into size sixes. I'm only into size zeros. Oh, I, I, I wanted to throw up. I literally was, that's disgusting. Same girl, another guy said to her. They they were hitting it off and stuff. And then all of a sudden he realized, oh, no, like I'm flirting with her. I think she thinks I like her. And he literally went up to her and said something along the lines of. I could want this, but I don't. And then literally proceeded to go up to another girl who was like, quote unquote, very attractive and flirt with her and give her his number right in front of this girl. And. These are Christian men. OK, I actually know one of these guys. <laughs> I found out. I was like, I know that guy. Um. This is horrible that we are leading this way. So we're like leading and and allowing ourselves only to date people where there is like that level of spark and physicality. And well, to clarify, like that is deeply disappointing. It's horrendous. It's deeply disappointing. Mm -hmm. But a guy like that, if he's listening, like shaming him into changing his type and preference... I'm not trying to shame him. But that's what, but again, like, that's not what we want either. No. It's I, not okay. Right. I'm mainly speaking, though, to that message that was that's out there that many people cling to. Right. I'm saying this isn't right. Like, it's a whole pass to do that. Well, let me, let me take it upon myself to say the reasons I was eliminating JJ were also not right. 
or want almost eliminated him. I wasn't into him because he didn't have the kind of style I liked. He had weird hair. He his hygiene wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be. And it kind of grossed me out. And a lot of that was superficial because like I said, the whole weekend he was here, that first time meeting, there was emotional connection. There was personality connection and friendship connection. There was intellectual connection. There was definitely a spiritual connection. And yet I am so hung up on this physical piece. And this is why I'm saying it because I, I don't need to shame those guys, but I need to then call out just myself to say, right. I was so hung up on that. And to the point of, Days after JJ left, I had my girlfriend, Elise Murphy, come over and I told her, she's like, well, what's the deal? Like, he sounds awesome. And I was like, I explained what I just explained to you guys. And she's like, Kate, listen to what you preach to everybody else. The date, the unexpected. And you're going to hang up because this guy has blue hair, which, by the way, will change colors and weird style, which you never know what may happen there. And you're going to like be so hung up on those things when you're saying all of these other areas are awesome like get it together <laughs> she said she knocked she basically said get over it yeah like get over it. she was a bit harsh but i needed that i was like dang you're right dang you're right you're right it doesn't really matter and then i have had people since then saying well kate what if jj never changes hair color and things like that and you know i will tell you jj still sometimes dresses really weird and just the other month, he had a mullet, okay? And he'll randomly shave a mustache. And I hate mustaches. So he still does those things. And that's okay. It doesn't mean, oh, gosh, you're ugly to me now. And I'm never going to have sex with you. Like, I don't love the mullet. It's definitely not my favorite look. But am I going to say I'm never going to have sex with you or you're ugly to me now because you have a different hairstyle? Just like what a guy say to a woman who just had his baby. Mm, you're not a size zero anymore. You're now a size six. And, six right. and you're like, that's not the body type I like. So I'm yes. not going to have sex with you. Like, that's not fair. <laughs> And so, well, it's not love. It's not love. Exactly. It's not love. Yeah. You know, Tim, Te I mean, this is like a Tim Keller, like recap episode, but mm. I'll never forget um, a, an amazing episode. He goes, men, if you're listening and your wife ever comes into the room asking you, do you think this dress looks good on me? <laughs> First of all, he's like, the answer is always yes. But yeah. more importantly, when she asks you why you love her after that, like, do you love me? There's only one answer. Mm -hmm. And it's not, well, I love you because that dress looks so good on you. Mm -hmm. And you're just so beautiful tonight. Because what happens when she puts on 10 pounds? Right. Or it's not, I love your face. Like, I just love your cheekbones. and your, Like, what's going to happen when she starts wrinkling? Mm -hmm. And she gets old. Like, I love you because you're just so smart and charming. Well, what if she's not smart and charming when she's upset with you that night? Mm -hmm. Right. Or you, she stops working her awesome job you think is so intellectual <laughs> and becomes a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. So oh. he says the only right answer is, well, I love you because I love you. Yeah. Because I love you. Yeah. Because I love you mm -hmm. and I've chosen you because that is the only love that we've experienced as Christians. When Christ and God in the Trinity mm -hmm. has said, I love you because I love you because I love you. 
mm-hmm. because I love you. And any other love than that is a counterfeit love mm-hmm. and it's based on you and it's going to change. Yeah. Right. Your my hair is going to change. Yeah. Your waist size. I'm sorry, honey, but it's going to change. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I don't care. I love you because I love you because I love you. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is the story of Catherine Wolf. If you know, she was like a beautiful model and her and her husband were married and she had a sudden accident and I think it was a stroke. And now like she's half of her face is paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair and she looks completely different. And now he has to literally help her every day of her life with certain things. And you are never guaranteed that if you marry, if he had married her just because she was a model and beautiful, like he probably would have left her when she had this horrible situation happen, horrible accident, like freak stroke situation that paralyzed part of her face and body and now has to help take care of her. Like, it's just, if that's the reason he had married her, their relationship never would have lasted. But I remember seeing her speak and hear her husband and I'm like, he is so faithful and just so supportive and so encouraging and that's the kind of person that's the kind of relationship you want I also want to say this a lot of people fear well I'm gonna like if I'm not that attracted to them I'm gonna have horrible sex first of all sex is so much more than just like oh my gosh being with the hottest person in the room right Um, James Bond sex yes right and I gotta say this like just now being married you guys need to know that You know, JJ, as a guy that is, let's say, more visually wired in some capacity, um, it doesn't matter if I put on lingerie and if I look sexy more than ever, if that day we had a horrible emotionally connected day, if there's emotional distance and spiritually we're not really on the same page, he is not going to really want to have sex with me. It does not matter what I look like in that moment because Sex is so much more than a physical connection. True covenantal sex is also emotionally being safe, spiritually being connected, and then yes, physically being connected. You just having physical sex is is meaningless. That's what people do outside of marriage. Like covenantal sex is so much more than the physical act. And there are times you turn me down because you're like we're not, I'm just not emotionally feeling like connected to you. Yeah. Well, and to clarify, it's not a punishment. No, no. Right. I'm no, not withholding sex as a punishment because like, I don't like how you oh, acted. I'm not there. It's like, no, we're, we're not united. And I don't want a counterfeit connection with you. You know, some semblance of it. I want yeah. to connect with you. Yeah. I want to unite with you. And then we'll have the best sex ever. Yes. Right. Sex is best because sex is best when you are united. Yeah. And you're exclusively focused on the other person. A hundred percent. And what's yeah. funny about this whole entire idea of attraction and type mm-hmm. is it is the opposite of sex. Because true sex is exclusively focused on the other person. They are naked before you and everything good and bad about them. You're saying, I accept. Mm-hmm. And the ironic part about type and sexual preference and having someone fine is saying, I only want to see the best part of you, which is physically. And the only thing I care about is how it satisfies my desire sexually. Mm -hmm. So you're saying, I'm sorry, all the emotional stuff, all the negative stuff, all the bad stuff, all the great stuff about you spiritually, emotionally, that's all Whatever. Second. Yep. 
to how you look physically. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing is how you physically satisfy a desire and urge in my life. Oof. And that is what culture tells you, y'all. That's why it, it hurts me to see what I saw and have that real sent to me because seeing it from leaders in our church, like, and I, I mean, they're not perfect. You know, to just this video really frustrated me because I'm like, that's what culture says. That's what drives people. When I watch the show, love is blind. That's what drives my non-Christian friends is what can this, what can this person do to serve me? And right. how can this serve me and fit perfectly into my life? And how are they perfectly sexually attractive to me? Like it's, it's so self-serving and the idea of covenantal marriage is so opposite to that. Yeah. It's like, that's the foundation. Like guys will operate. Like if she's hot, then fine. I'll give her a chance and start evaluating where she is spiritually emotionally and then they say well if she's physically not attractive i'll never be attracted to her and i don't care where she is right right and that's the issue it's that is the foundation this little binary test that's a foundation that you're building your relationship on from that point on a hundred percent right so a few things before we wrap up i did just want to recap something we've shared before and it's something we go in much more depth with in our course the school of dating but attraction We often think of just physical attraction, but it's not just that. There's multiple layers to attraction. There is personality, which is especially that friendship piece. There is emotional connection. Do you feel safe? And can you be vulnerable around this person? There's spiritual attraction, being attracted to the Jesus in them, which in this interview, they were making fun of like, you know, I wish I could say the first thing that drove me to them was their tatted Bible verse pages or tatted pages in their Bible. And I'm like, yeah, it should. It should excite you. Like It should. This is wrong. Y'all intellectual attraction, which is like really being driven by their intellect and how smart they are and having intellectual conversations. And then there is physical attraction. Okay. But there are multiple different buckets of attraction. If you only have physical and the other ones are weak, you are going to be surely disappointed. And, but of course, if you have all the other ones, but you have zero in physical attraction or very, very, very little, first of all, see if it can maybe grow. But second of all, let's talk about where the line is, because I know we get a lot of questions from people who are challenging themselves and they're like, well, Kate, JJ, like I'm really challenging myself. This isn't my type. I'm dating the unexpected, but you know, I just, I'm just still not physically romantically into it. Yeah. And if you've genuinely challenged yourself truly and gone on more than one date, okay. And the physical is just not growing through time. We don't think you should continue the relationship. No, I would say it's totally okay. Or continue dating them. Like it's totally okay. You tried and that's all you can do. But like, you, when you try, you have to truly give it a try. Yeah. Like we're going to send Teddy and Levy and the puppy police after you if you don't, you know. Like for me, it was a month of dating long distance, meeting in person, and then continuing to build that. My physical attraction didn't fully go on full blast till a couple months in. Yeah. Whoa. Truly. A couple months? <laughs> I mean, that's a couple months. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. But look, hey, genuinely try. But if you've tried, like, again, we're not going to shame you either. Like, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Like, yeah, we, we do want you to be like, physically we, attracted. We definitely run into men and women all the time. And they're like, I've been on eight dates. I've really, really tried. And I feel terrible 
because I'm not physically attracted to them even still. And I think at that point, I would just say, hey, it's it's okay. Like, don't don't beat yourself up for not being physically attracted. Like, they could be the right person at the wrong time. They could have a lot of the, the character traits and what you want. And you're just not great friends. Like, you don't have that much in common. Yeah. And you just don't see a shared life together. Yeah. That's okay. And I'll say, as you are going out and challenging yourself, make sure you are really asking yourself, like, what's making me uncomfortable with their physical appearance? Is it for the ladies? Is it because this guy is a little shorter than you would normally have dated? What is that bringing up in you? What kind of healing maybe do you need there Um, that you because you always pictured having a bigger, stronger, quote unquote, guy to protect you? Um, Make sure you're not just on the dates constantly ruminating in your mind about his teeth or her teeth or how they look like make sure you are truly giving them a fair shot right and that's only you who can gauge that but you really do want to really give them a fair shot and not just be hyper focusing on the physical i know and that goes for men too like Mm -hmm. at least from my personal experience when i was operating in that really binary like hot or not kind of type trap that men we fall into um if I didn't find them incredibly physically attractive, I would just start discounting everything they said. Oh. It would just kind of bleed over into my entire evaluation right. of who they were, right? And so I think like, you know, the pendulum, God, please don't give me someone who I'm just not attracted to. And God, like, give me someone as fine as wine that ooh, I can just, you know, jump on. I'm like, God, give me whatever you think is best for me. Right. And I'm going to leave it at that. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Probably the, the conclusion here that I would say is marriage is not romance and eros love garnished with friendship. It's also not romance and attraction, right? She's he or she is so fine and friendship is just thrown in as like a little side dish, a little option, right? It's a little like plus if you can find someone fine or handsome and they're your friend, Ooh, you hit the jackpot. No marriage is friendship with romance, garnishing and flavoring it and growing out of it. That's right, babe. Marriage is friendship with romance growing and garnished and flavoring it. Mm, So good. All right, babe. So this is a heavier episode. So shall we end on like a lighter fun note? Yes. What do you got for me? Well, speaking of type and attraction, uh-huh. would you have dated me if I was shorter than you? It's a great question. Yeah, I would have. And um, here's the deal. Would that have been hard for you? No, because I had worked through that previously. Oh, uh, okay. I had dated a lot of guys that were my height. And or shorter. Most what a, of the guys I dated were. <laughs> oh, wait, you, you're saying most of the guys you dated were shorter than you? They were both very skinny often and either my height or sometimes shorter or maybe like one inch taller. Wait, so. You were the tallest guy, one of the tallest guys I ever dated. But Okay, well, I have a question. Yeah. How, how short would be too short? Mm, I can't really speak to that, you know, because I don't, I don't know. And I would say that. I mean, here's the thing, though. I didn't know how tall you were. We started dating long distance. I never asked you your height. We didn't meet on a dating app, so there was no height listed. We got, you know, we met on that Zoom call and we started talking and FaceTiming, but I 
sure, I looked at some of your photos, but I still didn't know how tall you were. And so even when you were coming to visit me, I was like, it, it crossed my mind when I was meeting you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how tall he is. <laughs> like, what if he's like super short? I have no idea. Like, I, I didn't even think about that. And so I don't know what would have been like my limit. I, I don't know. Like, honestly, I had challenged. I had dated so many guys that were quote unquote short. I mean, I'm five, seven, so short meaning like actually an average height, but they were shorter than me or an average height, like my same height. And so I don't think it would have been that big of a deal because I had worked through that. Okay. What about, what if I had chronically bad breath? I couldn't do it. Really? Yeah. I've dated really quote unquote attractive model looking guys who smelled horrible and I ended it right away. Like breath and BO or just breath or? Either one. I'm very sensitive to smell. (laughs) (laughs) And if you, I was actually shocked you didn't have bad breath and that you didn't smell bad because (laughs) of many things. Would you have said, would you have said? I can't do it. Really? Truly. Yeah. But what about like for me now? Here's the thing. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not done. Hold on. Hold on. No, no. Would you not have like given me like, hey, I really like you, but this really stinks. No pun intended. Like, have you ever tried no (laughs) a a stronger deodorant or like (laughs) mouthwash? Sure. Yes. Would you have given me that? I would have given you the chance. However, here's the deal. You, for example, don't really care about smell, and like even when I kind of smell like you don't really smell it and it doesn't really bother you. Well, I smelled you this morning. Okay. But most of the time, you know what I'm saying? And that was so somebody like you doesn't really care as much versus for me. Like I hyper care. I smell, I walk into a room. I smell BO at all. Like I, I almost have to walk out Okay, or I have to like be sniffing a candle, but I've just, it is very hard for me. I have a gag reflex. But if you saw enough in me, like emotionally, spiritually, <laughs> would you have been like, I want to give this guy a chance. And as like a Hail Mary, I'm going to just let him know. Honestly, like you have nothing to lose. Yes, sure. And you're setting me up for success yes, in the future. Yes. Yes, possibly. Um, I could have asked you or seen. And I even did that with your style. Like, so I'm willing to give people a shot. But I'm telling you, if it, that thing did not change for me, I couldn't have done it. Oh, but if it didn't change after, like, if it was the yeah. other way, I would have been like, Kate, like, I'm crazy about you. I want <laughs> to date the you. Deal. But then I'm not done. I'd be okay. like, but your breath smells so bad. <laughs> and like, first of all, have you gotten this feedback before? <laughs> or two, like, are you doing anything currently? And if not, would you be willing to like medically address this? <laughs> Like, do you have like a rotten tooth in there? Yeah, like, no, I completely would appreciate that. And yeah, you know, because I feel for people. Some people do struggle with this. And BO? I, BO, <laughs> chronic BO, or like actually bad breath. There's like things that happen where you do, you can't control how bad your breath is. And I totally feel for those people. I think there is, yes, that you should be open. I think for me, for different people, like for me, that would be, that's like a gag factor. It's not like a, a like an objectifying of you. Cause like, I don't care if you're David Beckham, if you smell like 
a butthole and your breath oh smells like throw up at all times i don't care if you're the most quote-unquote attractive man on the planet and a really sweet guy at the end of the day i'm probably not gonna want to yeah. have sex with you <laughs> like do you see what i'm saying yes i do it, it has nothing to do with being objectifying of the person's physicality it's like it, i it just I, like these are deal breakers for you yes that. You that long term, if if that thing didn't right, change, it's not that's a solvable person. Yeah, like if you had hot dogs for fingers, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I could do <laughs> it. I like my hot dog fingers. No, seriously, if you had hot dogs for all ten fingers, and they're like <laughs> finger sized. What hot if I had a third boob? <laughs> I mean, I think the guy in me is like. The more the merrier. <laughs> the more the better, right? I think that's what the guy in me says. Okay. But what if I had dark hair on my chest? <laughs> are we talking like my hairy yeah, chest like on your you? Hairy chest on me. Oh gosh. Like I'm talking like a thick almost blanket level. Like what I have. Yeah, exactly. Like an Italian man. <laughs> if yeah. you had the chest hair of an Italian man on your chest yeah <laughs> i don't think i could do that but what if i got it waxed or lasered but is there still like that stubble <laughs> if i got it lasered it would have i'm sorry up. i just without being graphic i i don't <laughs> think i could do that okay what if i had a cheetle dust like you know cheetos like cheetle dust on my hands at all times i would be okay with that i just say don't touch me You'd be okay with that? Yeah, just like, don't touch me. <laughs> Let me give you a massage, <laughs> or, babe. Or wear gloves. <laughs> I don't have, you'd, we could wear gloves. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, I have a question. What mm -hmm. if it was in the Disney? Would that have been a, a red flag? I lots or, of guys who were into Disney. Dude, that's such a red flag for me. Dating I think a guy it's who's great into Disney. if they're into Disney. No, that, that, would be a that would be a big red flag for me. If, if you met a guy who was in the Taylor Swift and Disney, you wouldn't be concerned. No, I think most people generally have liked or have appreciation for Taylor Swift music, but I think that that combo together, I would be like, okay, there's difference between you like Disney and you're like obsessed. Okay. Obsessed. Okay. That would be a lot, but I've dated guys who love, 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 love Disney how that turn out <laughs> okay guys we love you love y'all a really fun episode hey, i think send it to your friend who needs it i know seriously uh it's a great topic i think we're trying to be really careful with like we're not trying to shame you or condemn you we're just trying to illustrate and reason with you that marriage is friendship on fire and building it on the quicksand of physical attraction is probably the worst thing you could do. It objectively is probably the worst way you could ever build a marriage. Exactly. 100%. So we love you guys. Hope this was a great episode. And we will see you next week. Let's go. <laughs> Bye. The Heart of Dating podcast is created by Kate and JJ Tomlin. Shout out to our epic audio and video editor, Scott Caro. We have an amazing Heart of Dating team who helps bring the show to you each week. I want to shout out Kelsey Napier, our Heart of Dating digital marketing coordinator, and Elena Gibson, our brand and community manager. We couldn't do it without them. 
Now, if you guys have never ranked us or reviewed us on iTunes or Spotify, would you consider doing that? It would mean so much because our podcast can get more discovered and more people can learn how to better date as Christians. Don't we all want that? We launch our podcast each and every week on Wednesdays. So we will see you next week. Bye.